Welcome to Stewardology, a podcast where two worlds collide. In this show, financial advisor Tim Russell and Reverend Drew Geisey come together to explore the intersection of financial stewardship and theology. Their unique perspectives help Christians and churches understand and apply a biblical framework for everyday financial decisions so Christians everywhere can improve and strengthen their walk with Christ through biblical stewardship. Before we get started, we just wanted you to know that the topics discussed in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations. Investing and investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities and advisory services are offered through Genios Wealth Management, member FINRA and CIPIC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Tim Russell and Drew Geisey. I'm Tim Russell. And I'm Pastor Drew Geisey. And we welcome you to another fun, exciting, and interesting, informative, and exciting episode of... The, the Stewardology Podcast. Podcast. Well, that was good, Tim. A little bit yeah, better than on, the last episode. Keep on throwing more and more adjectives in there. It depends yeah. on how much coffee you had in the morning, I've well, realized. I mean, this is just the that, second cup. Second cup. There <laughs> you go. Right, well, good. you know what? As we think about today's episode, financial challenges can be overwhelming, tiring, and emotionally and physically consuming. It's like that nagging, hacking cough that is persistent day and night. It will not go away, and the longer it persists the more painful it becomes. As the pain and mental, emotional attention toward it increases, those times of rest, emotional, mental, physical rest, become fewer and fewer and longer apart. Financial challenges can drain you day and night, even during the, your desired thing called sleep. Have you been there at one time or another? The financial challenges that you have or that you're facing, they got you and are more often than not consuming your thinking and even how you're interacting with others. You need rest. Amen for that. Wow. And you need help. (laughs) It's true. Yes. Now, what I just mentioned, it may not be you. It may be a friend, a family member going through these struggles. They need rest. No, it's me. I, I need rest. You need rest. <laughs> they got sleeping pills. I grew up as a pharmacist. My dad was a pharmacist. So, mm. Well, we're going to help you find rest without sleeping without pills. Without sleeping pills. That's yes. Right. That's right. You know, that's today's episode. Our time together is going to help you or those whom you know and love find rest from the anxiety and challenges surrounding their finances. Today of all days, post-pandemic, high inflationary times, along with our nation hitting today an all-time household record high debt collectively for our nation at $17 trillion, $3 trillion higher than pre-pandemic, along with marketable increase in serious delinquency in credit cards and auto loans. People need rest. We're living in extremely challenging financial times. People are being stretched and pulled in so many directions, and they're feeling it day and night. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 gives a prescription for rest. And today, we want to take a look at that passage. And specifically, we want to see those imperatives, those commands that are there in verses 4 through 9 of Philippians 4. So let me read that to you, and then we're going to dive into our outline. Paul says this in Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or have received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of what, Tim? All peace will be with you. What a great passage of scripture. In this text, as I mentioned moments ago, Paul lists six imperatives, and these imperatives are instructions, requests, or commands. And the scripture specifically from the Apostle Paul, his imperatives are these must-do exhortations for the people in the church to do, how they ought to act, how they ought to live. And as we see these imperatives in this section of scripture, I would like to put some key transferable principles there as we look at these. So um, you use the word imperative. It's a grammatical term. Not everyone is great with grammar. What exactly is an imperative? An imperative is a command. It's an instruction. It's something that you must do. It's the difference between there's a cup and pass me the cup, right? So we have indicatives. Indicatives is just stating uh, reality. Reality, The door is white versus a command— Paint that door white. Big difference between the two. So when you look at the Bible, one of the ways that may be helpful for you is to understand what the verbs are saying. Yeah. Do we have verbs that are simply stating fact? Those are really helpful and good to know. Sometimes it's really helpful if you see certain passages have commands. And when you see those commands, Pay even more attention. So what we're going to do today is we're going to walk through this passage, and we're going to look at the six different places where he tells us, you need to do this. This is not optional. And this is not usual for Paul to take six of these commands or imperatives and Throw chunk them, together chunk them together yeah. in this this little section. Yeah. So that's he's speaking loud and clear here. So what's our first one, Tim? So it's actually... Twice. Yes. It's the word rejoice. Mm-hmm. Rejoice is a command. It's an imperative. Here is a brief word study from the Greek uh, for the word rejoice. It could mean delight or be glad, overwhelming gladness, or mm. to be happier than you are right now. So rejoice, delight, be overwhelmingly glad in what God has provided for you. Amen. And what he has what has he provided for you? Well, he, you know, your health, your life, you know, I don't know why we didn't start with this, but your salvation, yes. forgiveness of sins, how about your family, the food on your plate and in your pantry, your finances to meet your daily needs? And, and this is just a sampling. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that you made it to work today safely or you're on your way to work and you're so far been safe. All of these different things are ways in which God 
has blessed us. One commentator said this about this, these words rejoice. He says, sometimes the trials and pressures of life make it almost impossible to be happy. Hmm, is that what we just talked about moments hmm. ago? Yeah. But Paul did not tell his readers to be happy. He encouraged them to rejoice in the Lord. In fact, he said it twice in verse 4, Christ is the one in whom the sphere of rejoicing was to take place. Surely there are many circumstances in which Christians cannot be happy, but they can always rejoice in the Lord and delight in Him. And Paul himself was an excellent example of one who had inner joy with external circumstances such as persecution, imprisonment, threat of death. These were all against him, yet he rejoiced. Look, how can you find financial peace? First thing. Start being grateful Amen. for what God has provided. Rejoice in who God is. That's the first step. All right. You know, it, Tim, the reason why Paul is saying rejoice twice, it's hard to be anxious when you're rejoicing. It's like the antidote. Yes. These two tend to be opposite ends of the spectrum. When one is anxious about anything, including personal finances, one cannot focus on the happiness, joy, and almost always not be able to rejoice in the Lord because they're anxious about everything. Yet when one is refocused on the Lord, rejoicing in what the Lord is doing or going to be doing, and especially in their challenging financial times— it's in those times that you're refocus and thinking about God as the provider and that God's going to be the one that's going to help you through this time. Even if it's self-induced, God will walk you through this. Yeah. So rejoicing puts the focus on him, not you, and what he can do. And that, to me, is a game changer for the one that's anxious about the personal financial situation. But what is our next word that's here? So... Uh, it's actually a word that I probably would not immediately jump and say, oh, that's an imperative. But if exactly. you look at the Greek, it is. It clearly It says, is. let your gentleness be evident. Be evident to all. Yeah. So it, again, it is a command to let your gentleness be evident. So prior to getting into our second imperative, let's look at this word gentleness. It, it seems to be connected to the fight between Yodia and Syncate, that's yeah. verse three, right? Let your gentleness be known. Don't get all up in each other's face mm -hmm. and in each other's business and you know, causing dissension in the church. This fight is clearly the opposite of gentleness. And what's being done in this interaction is not gentleness. And, and Paul is commanding them to avoid this hostility by putting forefront gentleness, recognizing God's presence frees us from the frenetic worrying, from frantic busyness to create your own reality rather than accepting the reality that God brings. I was reading in our family devotions last night, um, we, we're going through uh, Tim Keller's book on on Proverbs. It's like a daily devotional on Proverbs. And he said something at the very end of that devotional. He talked about um, 
when we're anxious and worrying, it, it, what's really happening there is we're not trusting God's yeah. plan for your future, your reality. When you're being aggressive, you're not trusting God to work out his plan in your life and in the life of the person in which you're in conflict with. As we look at the second imperative, the command uh, from Paul, it's important to note that our anxiety rarely ever goes unnoticed by others. Others sense they see our anxiety. Yeah. So this is where this next imperative, this next command from Paul comes into place. He states that our gentleness is to be evident to all. The Greek word here, to be evident, is from its root, gnosko. And what it's talking about here, it's talking about knowledge or learning to understand, to even go to the depths of of the intimacy that it takes place within the sexual connection between husband and wife. It's really important that what he's saying here is to be evident, it's to be known, to be clearly understood Deeply on a understood. deep level, not just a surface level. So s- seek not just to be understood. Uh, you have to understand others. All of these things are kind of what's going on here. Be patient. Don't be aggressive. Allow your gentleness to be clearly understood and seen. And when our anxiety is high, it's very noticeable. When our gentleness is evident to all, it's an overflow of our faith and our trust and even our rejoicing in the Lord. And this is a firm statement to others, especially in those financially stressful times that we we go through. So, okay, we've talked about rejoice. Mm -hmm. That's two. Yes. Three is gentleness, be evident to all. Fourth, or I guess technically it's a third word, but it's kind of... It's a fourth imperative. Um, don't be anxious. Do not be anxious. Drew, why don't you talk to us about that? You know, the key word here is really, or phrase is don't be anxious. The word being means being worried, being deeply concerned to think about and or ponder over and over and over on such a thing. Um, yeah, right. When you're in financial straits, when you're in financial troubles, you just can't stop thinking about it. You think, 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 and process. You can't just flip that switch and turn it off. Yet Paul is saying, don't do it. Don't be anxious. You know, the problem with these kinds of imperatives, and they're good imperatives. Excellent imperatives. The problem with them is that if I say to you, Drew, stop thinking about purple elephants. I'm thinking of a gray elephant right now. I chose it's, not to. It's really hard <laughs> for a purple elephant to not come into your mind. It did. It just did. Right? So don't be anxious. To just say the negative is one part of it, but there needs to be followed up with a command with with something to replace it, and and that kind of leads us to our next imperative, which is our what number is this one now? This well, one is this is number four. Yeah, our fourth one is present your requests. Yeah, pray, pray, pray. So instead of being anxious, be in prayer. Mm-hmm. Paul does not stop with "Don't be anxious," right? He says, 
pray, let your request be, or uh, pray requesting with thanksgiving, presenting your request to God. This is so important because as we transition from, from our worry into prayer, we're basically acting like a mirror. We're reflecting all of the anxieties, all of the pressures of life that are coming to us. We're reflecting it like a mirror up to God and saying, God, you see this. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm dealing with. Right. You see the fears, the feelings, the frustrations, the anxieties. Lord, I need your help. You see this conflict with Yodi and Sinkati. I need your help. How can I be more gentle? How can I allow my gentleness to be made known? How can I not be overwhelmed with anxiety about my financial situation, about the world, about my children? Lord, help. Kind of going back to our last podcast episode where we talked about dependence on God. Yeah. Our role is to trust him, and we demonstrate that through prayer. Yeah, and and Paul is saying here, present your requests. It's basically put these things before God. Yeah. Lay them at his feet. Ask for his intervention in this financial struggle that you're going through. That's the game changer. This imperative present means to make known, to tell, according to the Bible Knowledge Commentary, to make known, tell in a specific manner. It's not saying in a general situation. Yeah. So if we're going to be able to shut down this financial anxiety or this don't be anxious as what Paul's talking about, it's going to happen through presenting our specific requests before the Lord through our prayers and petitions coupled with thanksgiving. And then leave it with him. Yeah. And and so when we pray, so we stop being anxious, we present our requests to God, this presents us with the next imperative, which is to think. Yeah. Think about these things. And this is another, in in counseling or therapy, biblical counseling, biblical therapy, they talk about replacing ideas or thoughts with biblical thoughts. So we have to train our brain to think about the right kinds of things. So in, in our text, it says, whatever is pure, holy, noble, honorable, of any virtue, any praise, think on these things. That's, that's probably not all of them. But right. um, this is where we need to start training our brain to to put off all of the things that are negative, all of the things that are bringing um, dark clouds mm. Of, of rain or stormy clouds Good over picture. our world, Good right? Picture. And instead, focus on who God is and what God has done. Focus on what God has provided to you through your gratitude and thanksgiving, through rejoicing. It's interesting. This word think is an ongoing process. It's not yeah. think. It's not once and done. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a critical that's piece great. as we look at this right now, because it could be, you know, we're going to present these requests to the God and then we could just go back and start thinking about it. But yeah. he's saying ongoing, present, rest it in God's care, go back, start thinking about these these things. And Tim, you said something offline. You said this was like a form of cognitive therapy. We, we talked about this the other day when we yes. were processing yeah. this. So it's encouraging us to retrain our brain with whenever those anxious thoughts come up, it's we got to remind ourselves, we've put this in God's hands, we've placed it before him. Maybe we need to place it again to put a piece into our heart and mind, but we're trusting God that he's going to come through this and we are now going to think about these positive aspects. And I think one of the best positive things is God's got this in in his control. 
It, we've put it before him. And I think that's a key word. This word think means to keep a record, to remember, to bear in mind. As we act, actively think about what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, that will change the heart and mind and remove anxiety and allow the believer to have an increased trust in the Lord. But we also have another word we need to put in here. We're not just to think, which is a very, a very good command and a good action point, but Paul tells the believers who are being challenged with anxiety to what, Tim? To put it into practice. So it's not just enough to think. That thought needs to lead to some kind of a response, mm. some kind of a change in Action. actions. Yeah. So, so the, the it's like the difference between the, the distance between your head and your heart, right? What you know and what you do. Mm. Um, if you've learned it, if you've received it, if you've heard it, now you need to do it. The imperative is to carry it out, to perform it, to do the thing head knowledge without action it's, frankly it's worthless you know yeah. uh, james 4 17 he who knows the good he ought to do and does not do it to him it is sin mm. or james 1 22 uh, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself do what it says just do it right like the nike slogan says just do it yeah but clearly paul thought about it long before the nike sneakers ever came around so <laughs> just do it refers yeah. to what god has commanded the things that you know that you've heard that you've received received that you've seen in me these things you are to do put it in practice as we put this into practice what we've learned from paul as we um read his words and read his gospel his gospels his uh epistles yeah what we've received in the word, uh, we need to do it, and it will change the way we think, the way we live. It'll yes. change yes. the way that we process anxieties mm -hmm. and fears and worries and all of the, the, the frustrations we have financially. All of these things will be changed as we allow ourselves to dwell on and then put into practice the things that Paul talks about as we put into practice gospel-oriented living. That that means when we have anxieties, we turn it to God. We are gentle. We uh, rejoice in what God has done. We dwell on the things that are true, noble, just, and trustworthy, all of these things. And then we do life according to God for his glory and by his prescription. One of the things I love about this is what Paul is saying here is not something that is a foreign concept for him, but Paul is the one that he's walked this exact walk. Paul says that I have been there and this is how to get through this challenge. Remember what Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul is no stranger to challenges, to problems, to issues, to anxiety. And Paul is working diligently to live out what the Holy Spirit has been teaching him and is working in and through him. So as we wrap up, I want to have a moment of a promise for anxious hearts.
Paul wraps it up with this. He says, and the God of peace will be with you. A promise that is received for the anxious heart. God walks with you through your financial challenges. You're not alone. God does not promise to take away the challenges, but he does promise to go with you through them. These are not just trite words from Paul. He continues on in verse 11 that he has learned to be content whatever the circumstances. These words are not just fluff. Paul, in our text today, gave us his prescription to have financial peace, and that is to rejoice, not to be anxious. Be gentle. Let it be seen by others to present and pray to God specifically and think about the right things and finally put it all into practice to just do it. Well, thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Stewardology Podcast. Don't forget to send us your questions and ideas for future podcast episodes by going to stewardologypodcast.com forward slash idea. Take advantage of your free stewardship review at stewardologypodcast.com forward slash review. This is another good one. If you're dealing with anxiety and you're looking for someone to speak into your situation to help give you a little bit more peace and point you to Christ in the midst of your chaos. Uh, thirdly, consider reviewing this epi- or this podcast. Go to your podcast catcher and review, rate and review our podcast. Four star, five star reviews. Sorry, five star reviews are greatly appreciated. Six, six star reviews. Yeah, however many stars. And then remember to visit our website for show notes and all the extra information that we discussed and more from this website and all the others, stewardologypodcast.com. Until next time, take care, God bless, and, and remember the words from Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the river, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you goes on in verse 3, says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God bless. Thank you for joining us on the Stewardology Podcast, where financial stewardship and theology meet. We'd like to help you take your next steps in biblical financial stewardship. First, subscribe in your podcast provider to get the newest episode delivered to you every week. Next, follow us on social media, and visit our website at stewardologypodcast.com. There you can find our social media links and our entire episode archive. Remember, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See you next week on the Stewardology Podcast. Securities and advisory services offered through Genios Wealth Management, member FINRA and SIPC.